chop up. This is the chop up. This is the chop up, and no one can do it live. My name is Cam G, the coolest. Allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toya G, and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the West Coast, but still gon' keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically, 'cause on the mic, on the phone, we can have these conversations anyway. And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media, and you can chop up any day 'cause you can stream us in any place. And then I say I was Cam G, the coolest. Had to reel you in if you never knew us. Straight from Dallas, Texas, making OG maneuvers. And this is a recording where no one can do it live. This is the chop up. This is the chop up, and it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Cam G, the coolest. And it's your girl Toya G. Hey, what's up, Toya G? Not a whole how lot. You, how you feeling? Not a whole lot. I'm chilling. You know, to be real honest, um, you know, I feel like I get on here every week and, and brag in some way about where I live and where I've moved. But it's like <laughs> 85 degrees outside in February, so I'm literally like, doing great. Like, oh yeah, it was, it was real good out here today too. It was like, what's it like in Dallas? Like 72. That's not bad. Seventy-two today. That's so, probably a little bit more pleasant than what I had up here. Oh yeah, so we'll take that any day of the week. Clear skies. Yeah. And I, good vibes. What makes me feel bad That's is hot. like I'm ref, I'm reluctant to like be like it's hot, but it was it was kind of hot. <laughs> like I, I feel ashamed, like yeah. just to say like it's hot outside. So I don't really share it with a lot of people. I just take a lot of snaps and put the little. Uh, temperature on yeah. it so people can see the warmth but it'd be hot outside a little bit yeah. for real yeah some of you know some people out there hating back in the midwest maybe on the east coast you know you got people everywhere i'm, I'm thinking warm thoughts about you though <laughs> everybody out there if you listening to the chop up it's still winter time for you you know the winter solstice has not moved on um oh. out or is it the winter equinox i don't know Oh, winter is not over for you though. Yeah, that's what it is. And I'm I'm feeling for you. Sure, My heart man. goes out, and you know, see you in April or May when things equalize themselves. <laughs> and if you are listening to the chop up, because you are listening, <laughs> we we appreciate you. We appreciate you definitely, and um, all the kind words and um, all the encouragement uh, definitely pushes us and we definitely appreciate it so shout out to y'all solid feedback coming in if you have some more make sure to holler at us also if you want your tracks played on the chop up uh holler at us the chop up email at gmail.com is where mm-hmm. you should send any inquiries any questions any content uh suggestions any feedback any um of your music i also have a friend of mine that is doing a uh a clothing line is starting to, to design clothes and wanted to get a plug on the okay. show. We're, we're, we're about that. You know, definitely trying to get people connected to what's hot and what matters out there. So if you feel like you fit in that category, you should hit the email, the chop up mm-hmm. email at gmail.com and send us what you want us to know. We're checking it. Oh, yeah. And I think um, what, before we move on, um, I think everyone should understand we want everyone to be involved in this process. We want to grow with everybody. We want to discuss the things that are relevant to you, to us. And um, we want everyone to feel connected to this and and grow this with us. So if you know you got something good to say, something bad to say, hit us up. Yeah, so you know what's good. Beyonce, we want everybody involved in this. Beyonce <laughs> not the Beyonce? only one. She's not the only one with a formation. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> we trying to we trying to get some people yeah. in line too. Um, We're trying to formate on <laughs> formations on all levels. All levels, all throttles. <laughs> yeah. We out here getting it. But yeah, what, what we got first on the agenda? We got a 
Oh, yeah, we got the election talk. Yeah, this uh, week we kind of wanted to, and for the next couple of weeks, uh, not even the next couple of weeks, but over the next few months, as we get up on November Definitely. real good, 2016, mm-hmm. a new leader will um, take the position of executive in chief uh, over the country. Barack Obama, shout out to him, both my love and indifference and intolerance and <laughs> demise and appreciation for him and all the complexities of how I feel about his presidency. Uh, right. Shout out to Barack Obama, headed out. Somebody else is headed in. And so the election shop will give us a chance every now and again just to look back um, at what's happening over the course of the weeks that are passing and to look forward at what's to come with some of the elections to, you know, keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening mm-hmm. potentially at the polls. So, you know, it's the election shop. With that, I have a question. Like, are are we voting? Are our people voting? Are, are we are we good? Oh. Well, what, what are you feeling out there when you, when you talk to people? Is it something that even comes up? Are we voting? I think, you know, what's very interesting is that it's hard to ask that question, answer that question, rather. And I think the reason why is because from what I'm seeing, a lot of people are talking about politics. They're concerned about it. They are, you know, listening to and have their ear to the ground to it. But I don't know if that necessarily translates into people voting. So it's rough because a lot of the stuff I follow on my timeline and on, you know, different uh, news sources or whatever, like I hear a lot of feedback about um, the different movements happening in the black community and how they either parallel or don't with whatever candidate and how they're feeling. But not a big shift in talking about people showing up or what people, Mm -hmm. black people in these states with these primaries should be doing or how they should be casting their votes to set up things. You would think that, you know, when... You know, pragmatism is, 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 is as important as those major demands that we want to make on these candidates, that finding small ways to make sure our voice is getting heard and our, the right candidate is being elected and represented in these mm-hmm. primaries is not really something that I'm seeing. So I don't know. You know, it's, yeah, it's odd. We've, I don't know. We, we just lost faith in that system a, a while ago. I feel like, you know, Obama brought it back for that one, the first term. Yeah. And then that second term he came back, he, you know, he raised like a billion dollars. So he pretty much bought that election. Yeah. I mean, you know, Obama was in the mid to upper 90s in the percentile of the black vote, I think. And I might Mm -hmm. have these uh, two elections backwards, but between 2008 and 2012, he had 97 and 95 percent of the black vote. You know, so he had he had those ballots already sold up, basically. I don't know. I've I've kind of felt that that's something we're not moving towards or we've. Like I've said before, we like we just lost faith in that in that process of voting. But it seems to be, you know, we're on the opposite end of where you know people were literally, you know, bleeding for the right to vote, dying for the right to vote. Right. I mean, but understanding what we understand about exactly the political process, about the electoral college, the shadiness, and the lack of knowledge about the electoral college and how that process works. Like, you know, it's 2016. Our symbolic ballots and symbolic representations and participation, you know, for the sake of recognizing people who died and bled. Is that enough? You know, is that enough for you? How do you feel about that? No, I don't think it's enough, but I I think we should definitely remember those those actions and understand that even if this process is rigged, which I, I feel it is, it's it let us know that we can come together to do something. We can come together to do one thing. Let's Let's figure out a way to do one thing together, and then we can do another thing together. We can, you know, build on on those things. So we vote. You know, we have something that we wanted to accomplish. Maybe it didn't get accomplished, but we did it together. Definitely. I, I think I kind. I think I kind of see it more in that light versus. But you know, we never know. Like 
everybody, you know, I think it's like two thirds of eligible voters don't vote. So who knows if everyone that's eligible to vote shows up, but then even just getting registered to vote, I'm like, like down here in Texas, I have to, I went online, I uh, filled out the, the registration form, but I have to print it off. I don't have a printer here at home. So I'm just wondering, like, some kind of like a small issue like that could be a big issue for for someone else. Yeah, they're you definitely. Know, just, I mean, just printing it out and mailing it to the county uh, county office, like just like, like the state and the system has kind of been set up to have all these bureaucratic bureaucratic demands. Like, it's hard to navigate them. Like, it's literally to participate in politics. It's like. And the epitome of structural violence, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I have to have an address. I have to uh, be able to fill out a registration card. I have to get Mm -hmm. that registration card in the mail to know where my polling place is. I have to be able to get to my polling place. I have, You know, there are a lot of, and I mean, yeah, there are ways around them. But, you know, say, for instance, my literacy level isn't necessarily where uh, it could or should be because I don't have access or my community where I'm supposed to be voting doesn't give me the access to do that. You know, there's just so many complicated aspects of... Right. You know, and your example is the epitome of it, what it takes to be able to participate in the election process. Yes, there are many different moves to make it easier. But, you know, simple things like, for example, explaining the electoral college in that process to us over and over and over again in school instead Mm -hmm. of maybe once in a little shady uh (laughs) history class in like the seventh or eighth grade might better equip and prepare us to know what to expect when we get out there to vote, when we are engaging with these, um, you know, people who are trying to get us to register to vote on the streets when they're really passionate about their candidate, how we can start to process that information by understanding how the election process works, because it's no longer enough. I think for you to put on a hip little video or a hip little song, you know, Ben Carson tried to come out um, in 2015 with like a little rap mm. song about getting out to vote to try to pander to black people. But that you, those attempts don't do anything. People need right. to be knowledgeable um, and prepared to understand how delegates in different states works and how the electoral votes are broken up and why California's votes don't matter as much as a place like New Hampshire's in the grander scheme of things and why certain Mm -hmm. candidates pander to the voters in Florida for, you know what I'm saying? Like these are conversations that we don't necessarily have that need to be a larger part of this process, particularly if I'm going to be a part of it for symbolic reasons, because when it's all said and done, my delegate is who cast the vote and they have the option of not reflecting the majority or the popular vote from the state that they represent. And that's what a lot of people don't know about the election process. Yeah, that seems to be something that, like, Bernie is, like, pushing for, just the education of the people in, in general. and A greater level of transparency. Shed, right, ex- exactly, and just in what's going on. Um, we just really started. I've just really started, like, looking at the candidates and everything and hearing Bernie talk. I'm like, okay, he's the only candidate I've heard speak with reason on, on this level, like, on some presidential shit, and it's it's pretty refreshing. It's like this is an old white man. Yeah, but like. <laughs> but it, but it's still an old white man, you know. So yeah, <laughs> it's 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 yeah. hard to navigate. Been, he he marched with King. Like you keep digging a lot of stuff. He's I saw a lot of old clips of him standing in Congress talking the same stuff. Yeah, like he's talking now. He's been doing it for years. I'm like he just. I'm sure it's the mainstream media wasn't covering that. Like I'm like yeah, where did this guy come from? But. It's pretty refreshing. It's pretty refreshing. See, I, I watched. I just watched that little Killer Mike and sit down with him, and I thought that was pretty cool. And um, I don't know if I'm late to it, but if y'all haven't seen that, it's definitely worth the, uh, a visit. What was you gonna say? I'm well, sorry. no, I was just just thinking about 
you know, understanding, you know, him as a candidate who is still, you know, very progressive, very outspoken, mm-hmm. very oriented toward meeting the needs of people right here and right now. And that's awesome or whatever. But, you know, he's still a white man. And that's kind of my hang up. You know, I learned very quickly from my good brethren um, up in Baltimore. I shouted them out before I shot mm-hmm. them up again. LBS um, with Adam, Davon, Debrick, But even before all the LBS business shoot in debate, you know, they taught me that one of the keys to survival for black people is to have a healthy distrust of white people. You know what I'm saying? And I think that healthy distrust yeah. becomes the buffer that is necessary for us to kind of ebb and flow and to navigate all the spaces we have to navigate, whether it be socially or uh, politically or um, yeah. prof- professionally. I mean, history teaches you that. Yeah. History teaches to you have that. A healthy, you have to have that healthy distrust because we've, but that healthy distrust, we've been reneged on so many times. Like Facts. It makes sense for us. But so that healthy... I, that's the same thing I'm thinking. I'm watching him up there. I'm like, oh, this is still... Like you said, it's still... It's standard fair. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. The healthy distrust that I have mixed with kind of this symbolism or the symbolic aspects of casting the ballot mixed with what I know mm-hmm. about the gridlock that happens in the house. Uh it combined with what I know about politics and the, the, the pageantry and the fashion show and the entertainment aspect of this entire process before, doing and after an election... I don't know if all of that culminates to, to me uh, or for me enough of an invitation to jump in and kind of get into this whole process. You know, keeping in mind, our first candidate that we had a chance to vote for was Barack Obama. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so it's really weird yeah. for me to see because I'm forced to be like, did I just vote for him because he's black? And is that a good thing? And I, I ultimately resolve that it is. But mm-hmm. now I ain't got no black candidates. So, we're, you know, I really have to think hard right. and go back to the drawing board about what my ballot means and if it represents something real to me and if I care about the political process because I ain't just voting for the sake of, you know, somebody voting. And I don't want Hillary to win, but I wasn't just going to vote for her because she was a woman. So it's 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 weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, it's like you almost want to do it just in case. Like, I don't want Trump, Hillary Cruz, Rubio, yeah. Bush, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody. Like, you, you just want to like be nobody for real. But if it's gonna be out there, I rather. I feel like we could work with Bernie because he he says we a lot and all this and that. Yeah, like we just mentioned, it's coming from from a white guy, but he is talking some very reasonable ideas. I think, I think in a good time too, uh, where you know words like socialism don't scare as many people. The people you you know, yeah. that when you say socialism, they're like, boo. You know, those people are like 60, <laughs> 70. I mean, and they're a, you know, a large part of the delegation and a large part of the um, voting public that participates in elections. I was looking back at the numbers with uh, Obama and McCain and with Obama and uh, uh, Mitt Romney a couple years ago. Looking at the, uh, right, the, the two elections and, and stuff like that and just looking at the different demographics and how they broke down, you know. People 65 and older are participating. They are they are voting. I don't know what percentage of it of their vote starts to determine elections, but figuring out what socialism means to them versus the average 25 year old is not as scary of a word anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a bad concept. And then mm-hmm. in reality, Bernie is such a soft core kind of socialist. That's going to depend on who you talk to. But he's not like your house got to look like my house. And he's a capitalist. He's about making money. He's about individuals participating mm-hmm. in a, in a market that's run like a market, you know, where this is your section and this is your section and you get a piece and you get a piece and making that system kind of run allegedly how it was designed to work and run, you know, and right. I don't, I think that his pivot. We've just never seen, we've never seen what he's right. talking about being done. I think his pivot can be a thing. On this level. So, but he, what he's talking about is 
is what I what I believe to be true. We all have to to do something. So if he's if he has these ideas and he's saying we need his help, if we don't help him, it won't happen. True. And I, that was that was kind of an issue with Obama in in the House and Senate. Like none of his most of his ideas weren't able to go through. They you know they got stopped in either the House or the Senate. But you know from what I understand, oh, no, we, go ahead. We, he was just facing a lot of opposition from day one. So it's just like. I don't know how he's going to move those sections of it, but what he's saying is if we if we were loud enough, then they'll have to listen. And see, that's that's and my I, biggest. I'm saying we haven't we haven't seen that we haven't we haven't seen that ever. Like it just has to. What he's talking about is a consistent unified effort, right? I, and that's just something we haven't shown to be able to do. I I I agree, and I think too the thing that scares me in agreeing with you is the biggest difference between Bernie Sanders and Barack Obama is that, and this reflects one of Bernie's larger criticisms before, um, I think the Iowa caucus happened, was that the difference between him and Hillary, him and Obama, was more material plans of action, right? His ideas and approaches, his concepts for how he, and the things that he sees being productive and effective are just too broad for them to translate. Now, because he's a white man, I think he's going to get a little slack for that compared to Barack Obama, which is why OBZ had to come, you know, like, blah, 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 10-point plan. Here's how I plan on making some things happen. And he was able to at least get a toe yeah. in there. But mm-hmm. I think that's going to be Bernie Sanders' downfall is that the A to Z of certain questions of how things get to accomplish and the, the pragmatism that, you know, the political system depends on is not one that fits neatly within his approach to talk about and deal with things. Yeah, but to me, it seems like he's talking about like trying to change that whole system up. So something like, I don't, I don't know. That's just what I. Well, like change what system? Ideas, what do you mean by change just, the system he up? Have to, he just have to change how a lot of things are done, just on a, just on some daily operations. He to me, it, it sounds revolutionary. So when you talk about revolutionary, you talking about, you know, out with the old, in with some new shit. That's kind of how how I'm seeing it because I'm like, like I said what he's talking about we haven't seen these things actually being done in here so that's that's just that's just how i see it when i'm when i'm hearing him and what he what he's talking about well definitely let me let me ask you this question um what do you think in a world where you know we have this healthy distrust where we have somebody trying to get in there and engage in like a revolutionary politic but we still have very specific um you know orientations toward the world i'm a black woman first and foremost i'm always speak on that behalf and think in that context um, what do you feel like Bernie Sanders needs to do to become relevant or to get on the radar of black people in a permanent way? Hmm. I think the best thing to do is just to be himself, honestly, because we'll pick up on that. I think some of the people, like, like how Killer Mike reached out to him, it was just a simple tweet, and that led to him sitting down in his little barbershop and having, like, an hour-long conversation, like, People saw that. I, I read a lot of the comments, and it was like almost it was overwhelmingly positive, which is hard to find on the internet these days. Um, I think he just got to keep being himself because the message seems to resonate with people. And by by so, being by being himself, I what mean, exactly still a lot of time mean? before the same the same ideas <clears throat> the same ideas he's talking about. Um, you know, he feels like everyone has the, the, the free right education. Uh, that yeah, free education. The 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 economic systems that don't put a bind on the the little man you know what i'm saying all all that type of stuff so he he's talking to the to the working class people that make up the most of this most of this country most of this world 
I thought that was a comment I saw actually. It said uh, they thought that Bernie would be good for the world. It was somebody from they weren't from the United States, but I, I I thought that was pretty interesting because you know the world is watching. You know they're watching right. what we do as you know American citizens. Like so, so so this is all contingent to you upon Bernie just continuing to be himself, basically. Because I mean, apparently we've been getting the real McCoy the whole time. So yeah, I mean. I think just as the campaign grows and everything like that, more and more will come to light what he what he's talking about because he's just one. Well, Iowa was the you know the caucus. You know these are don't mean anything, but he had momentum going into New Hampshire and won New Hampshire. So people are going to start paying attention. Whether you just watching local news in the morning on your way to work, you're gonna be able to, you're gonna see him and and wonder, and you're gonna hear some. I don't know. It's just he just you see stuff on Facebook. You see stuff. You just the message will, I feel like is going to keep getting out as the the months right. get closer to. Well, I don't know. I feel three ways about it. I kind of thought about it and chewed on it for a second. Um, I think for Bernie to mm-hmm. prove to black people that he deserves our ballot and support on this radical mission to change from the inside out the political process as we know it. One, to do kind of what you said, but to continue to demonstrate that he's on our side. You know, I think the protests from Black Lives Matter and some of the outcry that happened with some of his results, I mean, responses, dictated or um, reflected, rather, some uncertainty in some areas and some instability. Now, based on some of the stuff that I was reading, a lot of that might be because of his lack of diversity and really interaction with Black people. Like, he's from Vermont, you know, that, that I think the black population there's like five percent mm-hmm. so for him to but he he did find a way to march with king yeah but in terms of his candidacy like, like where he had like, actual power to make changes to have to oh, listen to individuals to have to field a lot yeah. of their response uh, their their concerns and needs yeah. and respond to direct communities not a thing you know what i'm saying like the black people were probably a whole lot right. more desperate yeah, i know black true, people true. who go to like the university of vermont shout out to the university of vermont um but few and far between, you know what I'm saying? So I think to find more and more ways mm-hmm. as political occurrences happen, you know, I remember right before, I think, the election in 2008, was that when the Aurora shooting happened? And so it gave both candidates uh, a chance that summer to, like, really be put in the hot seat to figure out how they were going to deal with a hot-button issue like gun control and how they were going to deal with that. I mean, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. black people are dying every single day and getting shot every single day, there was a black teen unarmed um, in Austin who was recently shot, I think, today or yesterday, and I don't have his name. But, you know, because stuff like this is going to continue to happen, I mean, Bernie's going to get chance after chance to really show black folk that he can say and do and be the candidate that is necessary to kind of deal with those types of issues. You know what I'm saying? Like... But you, like you said, that takes, based on what he's been doing, him being consistent. You know, don't get flippy floppy on this. Don't stop doing that because you've tried to, yeah. you know, show that you had our back mm-hmm. and that you're interested and deeply concerned what's going on. But you can't start to waver as it gets a little bit more real, you know what I'm saying, in your feet. And your face get pushed to the pavement some more. you got to be consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's all we can ask for is just that level of realness. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep it G. Down. But listen, to the, G, listen to the chop up, Bernie. You can learn a thing or two. You know what I'm saying? About keeping it a stack. <laughs> hey, it'll be lit. It'll be lit. Here, Shout out to the homies in NYC, yeah. East Coast. It'll be lit. <laughs> but for sure, yeah. I, I just think he got to keep it a stack. The second thing I think that Bernie has to prove is that he can win. And that 
to me connects directly to you know the momentum he had coming out of the Iowa caucus the win in New Hampshire that he just experienced yesterday but also just that he is a viable candidate that we can afford to put this political capital toward you know what I'm saying because if you can't beat no Republicans if you can't beat Donald Trump you know if you can't Mm -hmm. beat Hillary Clinton then it stops becoming convincing that you are the person that we should all jump behind because you're not going to win anyway and now we're just out here wasting ballots you know what I'm saying so it it Mm -hmm. How he's going to prove that he can win, you know, I don't really know how he's going to solidify this momentum. I'm pretty sure Hillary now uh, got something popping. You know, HRC ain't no punk. You know, she's been in a, a couple different positions during her tenure mm-hmm. as first lady, as secretary of state, as um, just a person, a high status political figure or accessory <laughs> at some point in her career. You know what I'm saying? But well, she got them deep pockets. Deep pockets. Deep pockets deep, going on way in uh, you know, deep constituencies. A lot of people want her to win. You know, white liberals, white progressives are really just like, we've been waiting on Hillary. Like, you know, let's not forget that this is a chance to get a woman in the White House. A lot of people, the same way we looked at uh, Barry L, same way people looking at Hillary. Like, I'm just voting because she a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I got to see it. You yeah. know, you look at all these Latin American countries, mm-hmm. Venezuela, Argentina, I think. Shoot, Germany, all these different nations around the world have had women in leadership. African African nations been doing it since it was. It's, yes. We are the 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 prototypes of civilization. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, let's be for real. Queens had power, and this is even up to now. Get it so, mm-hmm. what well, we you know you got to be able to show that you can turn up and that you can come with that same type of power. And I think Hillary is giving them that. You know what I mean? So you got to prove he can win. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be a nail biter. It'll be a nail biter for sure. The last reason, or the last thing that I think he has to do in order to solidify his business is, excuse me. Yeah, my last point is can he get in there with black people? You know what I'm saying? Not just talk about stuff, but can he get his hands dirty? Can he demonstrate that he can get into some of those tough situations? Can he get more killer Mike situations? And not just, I think the difference between this one and the first one is not just prove that he's on our side and a bunch of issues, but are you going to show up? Is your face going to be in the place? Can you provide that material kind of presence that I think sometimes he was even missing with Barack Obama? And are you going to treat us special? Right now, I think black people looking for special treatment. And I, for one, am here for it. But for real though, you know, everybody's like, well, Barack Obama can't go all out for us because he's black and they'll never let a black man, you know, go in there and go ham squad like that for black people. And that's just him asking to be, you know, kicked out, assassinated, harassed, whatever. Okay. White man. Go on in there. Make that happen. I want, I want to be, I want some special treatment. Yeah, I'm saying seriously, like Tennessee Coates, who you know is a huge speaker for our time and author, writing a lot of books about the issues plaguing the black community and black bodies uh, right now in America, but um, is a huge supporter of reparations and was like, you know, as much as even though Bernie Sanders does not agree that reparations is the route, they don't agree on that particular issue. He's still willing to say. I want to vote for Bernie enough just because I feel like he's going to be down with the business and finding some of these, uh, you know, more realistic, more tangible ways to take swipes at the issues that we see with unemployment, um, lack of education, lack of economic empowerment, lack of autonomy and independence as black individuals um, in our own communities. And I banged with that just because 
I, we may not get what we want. We may not get what's been on our, our 15 point list of things that will really help the black community. But it, even if reparations ain't going to be the thing to kind of solidify yeah, that yeah. he can get in there with us, he's still really interested in finding ways to keep us on the track that Barack Obama has started to set us on in terms of employment rates. Education, you know, black women are the most educated people in this country right now. Most degrees obtained, most people getting into college. Mm. And so to keep that on track is is key for Bernie. Make it free and keep us in there. I want to be treated special. Mm, hey. <laughs> I want the VIP treatment. Serving food. Absolutely. <laughs> you already know what it hey. is. Shout out, shout out to the black women. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to see. Um, I think as 2016 continues to unfold, these next couple months, you know, roll out. This is in a world where I'm keeping it in context. I don't have, you know, I'm not oozing with mm-hmm. hope, pride, faith. I'm not an Afro-pessimist. I'm definitely an op- Afro-optimist or a futurist. I am hopeful that, but I, I put my hope in black people and not in the system. I yeah. put my hope in the fact that black people going to run in there and go run it, not that the system is going to correct itself. Yeah. And so I'm trying to keep it together and keep it in perspective and just know that as long as there are strong, empowered black people, both on the inside and the outside of the system, that it's either going to implode or explode, and we just waiting on it to happen. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we're going to try to keep a buzz on who we should be thinking toward just because we can't be missing. We can't go missing in these types of processes. We're going to be there. We're going to build to last. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Ford tough. Well, shoot. That's the lessons chop. Let's jump out of this. Take a quick break. Uh, we'll play a little bit of music and come back. And when we come back, we will pick it up with the social chop. Hey, this is the chop up. The song you're about to hear is from a hip hop artist coming straight out of Brooklyn, New York, who goes by the name of Jay Blacksmith. His goal and purpose in his music is to elevate black and brown people by bringing a new perspective to the everyday experiences they have in their community. You can find his music on SoundCloud.com by searching J-Blacksmith. Again, that's J-Blacksmith on SoundCloud.com or find him on Twitter at him at IMJBlacksmith at IMJBlacksmith. This is a song you heard it first on the chop up. It's called Drinking Roses. Ah, yeah, black, ah, so they tell me when it rains, you can see the water flowing through the leaves of the roses, come a little closer, take a little sip from the petal of the hostess, now we peddling these roses, so close to emotion, that we feeling in the moment, but they never get addicted, so we might as well be the worst drug pushers in the business, now they stop us and pop us with numerous products, addicted to popping them Gucci and Prada tags, get a little bag with the name on, got your fame on, now they spot us and stopping to ask, where the roses come from, dig a little deeper, now your clothes are undone, you're feeling more naked than ever, when all of your Pradas is fickle as weather, come weather the storm, dishing out the truth from the stove side, sipping on the roses while we sitting in the rain, cause some thorns never hurt nobody, but they hurt your body just a little bit, a little bit of blood never hurt nobody in our earth, your body needs a little bit of love, that's the pain and blood, hoping that these roses turn your pain to love, your pain to love, got me out here drinking these roses, roses, drinking from the roses, got me out here sipping from the roses, roses, sipping from the roses, hold up. Drinking these roses, drinking from the roses, sipping from the roses, sipping from the roses, 
Sitting at the roses, waiting for the water to come down like a Moses. Waiting for the sun to come out like I'm Joseph. If it never rained, we would never have the roses. If it never had the thorns, then what we wanted. If everybody had it, then we would never own it. If we could just grab it, we'd be for the moment. But if it didn't satisfy, then what we wanted, wanted. Got me out here drinking these roses, roses. Drinking from the roses. Got me out here sipping from the roses, roses. Sipping from the roses, hold up. Drinking these roses. Drinking from the roses. Sipping from the roses. Sipping from the roses. All right, welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed the music. Uh, we want to jump into the next segment of the show, get into what's going on on the social scene. Definitely, um, when we talk about the social scene, that's directly connected to our social media. And the thing that has been outside of Beyonce and Formation, shout out to her killing it at the at the <laughs> Super Bowl and these concert tickets that mm-hmm. she got that's through the roof. I've seen somebody ticket come up to $7,200 or something like that. Wilding. But oh, outside wow. of that news mill or whatever... We got to talk about Sierra and this lawsuit. So let's go ahead and jump oh, yeah. into it on the social chop. Speaking about serving foods. Yeah. What in the world? $15 million lawsuit presented ever so eloquently um, <laughs> by uh, a, a process server in, I think, L.A. County because he was, was served at, at LAX. Was at the airport. Mercy me, oh my! That was hilarious, by the way, too. I really enjoyed watching that unfold on TMZ. Yeah, that was that was so trippy because we were talking before we both saw. Her, we were like, I wonder how what he looked like when he got yeah. served, like. <laughs> and to see it unfold, bro, that's that. I mean, women. <laughs> I was dying. White women in in law enforcement, like she was just so bold with it. It was it was interesting phone. to see that boldness. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I think she took pictures. She had to probably record the fact that she had the interaction with him or that she, you know, was mm. at his car or that they, they were in the same airplace. Yeah, the same airspace that he was around, he was being served. But then, you know, his security is kind of looking at her like, lady, if you don't move or like, who is you or what's going on? And when I tell you, she whipped out that little gold badge. Yeah. It was like, uh, any more questions? Do you want to move or would you like, you? I can serve you too. Let yeah. me serve you up. She tried to Raheem Divine the people. That was hilarious. <laughs> Bruh, like it was. How is TMZ everywhere like that though? Like that's that's what they do, especially in places like LAX. They probably just got people outside, just sitting and cooling, just strolling to and fro, waiting for somebody to pull up and something to happen to them. Yeah, that's I'm sure what they do. Cause they everywhere. Facts, but I mean, fifteen million dollars though, and they've been accused for the very thing that Sierra is accused of future for libel. Which is when not only you say uh, or make defamatory comments about somebody, but they go into print, right? That's different from slander. Slander statements mm-hmm. are when they are made uh, audibly or vo- vocally or verbally. Um, you know, you get up and you say something bad about something, but libel comes into play when you actually write something um, that is then defamatory or mischaracterizes somebody. And this is all reflected from a series of tweets that Future yeah. kind of posted case. this. Yeah, this whole issue has just unfolded because of the tweets Future was sending about Sierra and her motherhood. So, what she, what it, did you see the tweets? I saw some of them, but I've I've heard a lot of different things. He like going on the radios and talking about her. So I'm like, he just he's the only one talking about her. 
Well, I mean, and exactly, you know what I'm saying? This whole thing with uh, Russell Wilson and their mm-hmm. child and the baby future and everything that's been playing out all stem from these tweets. So let's, let me, I'm trying to go check them out real quick. Um, I know one of them, I think this, the conversation started off calling her a controlling B. Mm-hmm. Um, Saying she wasn't, he wasn't allowing him to see his child. Yeah, and uh, was like, I just want to do a C baby future. It don't make no sense. I pay you X amount of child of, uh, uh, support. Every month, and something like 15 you know, G's, something like that. You know, I can't really, I don't really remember the amount. That's what I'm trying to look for the tweets. They were up a second ago. Let me see. I think it was 15 G's, but that's, I don't know. He seems, he was really pissed when he saw the picture with uh, Russell Wilson pushing his child in the yeah. toilet. <laughs> and that's where it all, it was just, it was all down here from there. He said, uh, Yeah, I feel like it's, to me, when I saw it, it looked set up. So I was like, That looked fake. Like, yeah. they probably do interact and they have a good time and everything, but it looked set up. like. And that's what Future said. He said, you know, it looked like, you know, something that was cooked up. Yeah. You sitting up here pushing them. It just looked like a photo op. Like, you want to be yeah. seen. And so you kind of sensationalize the moment. It didn't feel organic because I didn't feel that. I mean, but who are we? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, there's plenty of people. I? I just got <laughs> What Andrew Carl <laughs> will say to do that was like, uh, I'm delivered. He said, "Who who are me to judge?" That's his that's his slogan. Y'all look that up. He he be, who who are me to judge? Hey, so I don't I know because you've been with somebody. That. I said the same thing without even seeing his tweets. I'm like, oh, they look kind of fake. Well, I mean, but here's the thing, though. You can you've been with somebody that been doing some regular stuff and it looked all right, and then when it came time to take a picture of it, they was like, let me spice it up a little bit. So yeah. is that wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like you was doing that. Mm-hmm. It just didn't look as thrown as it was when you was like, okay, now let's take a picture of it. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, are we really going to police that or is we going to let that fly? Because if we're going to do that, then you got to stop your homeboy when he think he cleaning the mug and y'all finna jump stupid, you know, and go hit the streets or whatever. And he like, hey, hey, cuz, take a picture of me real quick. Cause I look, I, I'm, look. And he posed like, all right, you know, a natural action shot would have caught the same shoes, the same pants, mm-hmm. the same shirt. But it's something about how you candid photography. You gotta blame the photographer. You know, and so you can't demand, but you you know what I mean? You can't demand candid photography. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You can't be like, I just want I want all all natural shots or or you ain't real. Like, that's not real. You can get on Snapchat, see that ain't real. You know what I'm saying? Like you sorry. (laughs) But when it comes to it's actually fifteen K. He said I gotta go through lawyers to see baby future, uh the effery for fifteen K a month. Well, I say geez. Yeah, G's, K. Yeah, we talking about yeah. the same thing. I was just confirming. Okay. okay, okay. Just confirming. Yeah. What he said, I've been silent for a year and a half. I ran out of patience. So all these tweets, right? That's kind of old news. Here recently, I saw that this dude Future was like, I guess he's trying to fight the logic of the libel suit because and he kind of raises an interesting point here. He says the song I hmm. Bet by Sierra actually was the first libelous kind of defamatory statement like he said that whole song was about me you wrote a song about i bet you start loving me as soon as you start you know as soon as i start loving somebody else and so he said that entire song was about our relationship um it was about our past and that you know he felt some type of way about that so if it it was true that he did something bad she did something bad too but it's like i don't think because it's in her art she didn't she didn't name him directly didn't call it didn't call her didn't call him out of his name they can't get around that so easy because it's a, it's an art form, it's a song. But you went on Twitter and then they went and printed it on these blogs and on these websites. Yeah. So that's where you messed up. And she was like, she wasn't having it. Well, I think 
She wouldn't have. She was fifteen million dollars. Not period. Having. You know what I'm saying? This is in a world where, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere, and it might not be completely accurate, but that her net worth is like fourteen, fifteen million. And his is only four. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. he ain't even got fifteen mil. You know what I'm saying? He does not have yeah. um, fifteen big daddy racks to throw into this situation at all. And I was I. I mean, I don't know. I think the number. I ain't gonna say the number is high, just because if you feel like you entitled that, you know, especially if you don't want to be your name run through the mud with something that you've gotten over and gotten past, I'm not going to put a price tag on mm-hmm. that. But what I will say is that it feels like she just really trying. I read Funky Dineva, shout out to Funky Dineva, one of the many blog posts or whatever that's really popular that talks about different issues. And Funky Dineva was like, she, she solved it like a white woman, you know, a black woman <laughs> would have went off. Tore your stuff I, up, I turned up on you, mm-hmm. took a whole bunch of other approaches, probably stunned you back and call it good. But she took a white woman approach, a rich white woman's approach, which mm-hmm. was I'm going to take all the money you got. And in the other terms of the suit are that he delete any um, and all tweets that criticize her motherhood or her ability to be a mother in the way that she mothers uh, baby future. And to also, you know, be restricted from making any statements about their family dynamic in the future. Like... Mm-mm. nothing that has to do with that and so it sounds like she just really was hurt and pissed and is taking it off the deep end like I'm gonna get you and, and, and probably yeah. I done told you and I done asked you and I done begged you and I done please and you don't understand you know mm-hmm. your mom used to be like you don't understand when I'm talking you don't understand when I'm you know what I'm saying like it's one of them oh I gotta I gotta, I gotta go out yeah. Again, huh? yeah you will see me at, that, at the food right <laughs> sorry excuse <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you wanna see it I'm gonna give it to you you know what I'm saying that's what I feel like he pushed Sierra 15 too. Fifteen million. Just trying to be great. Fifteen, 15 million dollars worth that you should have shut up and just chilled out and, and came and paid your child support and came and got your son. But now yes. he walking around like a bitter baby daddy. Yeah, and he has like three other kids as well. I wonder how. He, I'm not gonna challenge his father and skills now, but what just what his I interactions are like? Involved yeah, yeah. Just wonder how involved he is in his other children. I mean, I can't speak on that. I feel like I've seen reports here and there, a little stuff like that here and there, not really in relation to Mm -hmm. this, but just in the past when he first got with Sierra, when it first started being a thing, and then when they broke up about his other kids and his other families. But that's irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? You only playing one Mm -hmm. of the relationships with a child and a mother out on social media. You only dramatizing one of them. You know what I'm saying? So I can only imagine if this is the standard, then I bet at some point, if not now, they probably go through hell too just because, you know, it takes a low person that's why I was bringing that up because I was like, I wonder how he's, he acts with the other children's yeah. parents. You know what I'm saying? It takes a character, you know, to sit up here and really badmouth somebody who you decided to lay with. Like, you just look silly. It's the same. It's the age-old argument, you know, when people get on Facebook and want to rah, 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 rah about whoever they with and rant and go off and be hyper-specific about their relationship woes and about this person. And then you get back with them and people have a long memory. You know what I'm saying? They only remember all the bad stuff you said and all the bad stuff you posted about them. So mm-hmm. you want to lay down with this person and everything is all good. Then when y'all fall off, everybody's supposed to hate and we're supposed to go back and forth about this when you're the only one who looks stupid for being with this person. You're the only one, you know, when mm-hmm. you talk about how bad of a baby, baby father there are or how you should have never went with them or you should have never went back or they, they this B is controlling or all I want to do is see my son and this B ain't trying to let me see her got to ease up, blase, blase. You just look stupid. You sound stupid because you mm-hmm. still stuck. She's stupid yeah. now. And she's going to be stupid when he's 15. So you might as well just go ahead and take that L, sit back, and at least keep those comments to yourself because you look like a fool. Yeah, fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope you selling a whole <laughs> bunch of dirty sprite, bro. I hope you putting 
Woo, yeah. I hope you got it. Well, he, on, he on tour. But, hey, people going to his shows because I think down here he's he performing Hey, he March. making money, but it don't mean nothing if it's going Tickets right back out again. You know what I'm saying? He, you, oh, he got he to gotta make you that money. He got to hit that road. But imagine going on tour, yeah. going city to city, and you know when you get up there, you got to turn up for something you'll never see. I'd be hot. <laughs> nah, he, he going to fight. You already know. This about to be a... They gonna, I don't know what they about to do, but I mean, that's wild. Fifteen. Yeah, million. I'm assuming. I'm assuming uh, a settlement, God, a settlement of some sort oh, is yeah, on that's, the table that's, or within a realm of possibility. So, mm-hmm. but that's just letting them know, Nick. You know, yeah, it's it's serious business out here. And mm-hmm. if you want to keep playing, I keep sending random white women to come find you with badges. <laughs> at the, at, you know what I'm saying? Like kryptonite. She was real to she a black man. Is a white woman with a badge. That's the law. That's a white oh. woman and the law. Like, you have to be, be very careful how you navigate. Sierra mm. will send them to you, future. You have to be careful, yeah. Russell. You see. I didn't even think about it like that. That's, that's yeah. scary. But well, Sierra ain't playing no game. Sierra ain't playing no game. All right, y'all. The next song on the Chop Up is coming from my hot film C straight out of Brooklyn, New York, who goes by the name of Masai. She's creating art that sparks political conversations around the subject of blackness and describes her music as a vibrational revolution or a type of confrontational love. The song you're about to hear comes straight off of a project called Black Girl Rants, which looks at the intersectionality and black womanhood. If you want to add her or follow her, make sure you look her up on SoundCloud. Search her at M-A-A-S-A-I. That's M-A-A-S-A-I. Instagram, M-A-A-S-A-I underscore so m-a-a-s-s-a-i underscore and if you want to find her on twitter at her m-a-a-s-s-a-i on the twitter the name of this song is called when you gonna love me black 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 y'all gonna love it check her out this is Masai on the chop up enough huh i ain't got the tools to bang your wood enough huh how you treat her dirty when she showers you everything in her power to make sure they don't devour you using all our time minutes the hour to take a second to love the hand that empowers you we tick you off we hate you we degrade you we have your babies let you drive us crazy we raise you fight for you carry life for you we made you who made you feel like something when you was nothing to dumb taught you alphabets when they labeled you nothing but dumb who was down lived in your hood from where you from who was with you when they hit you they split you from us we miss you you ain't in shackles now but unconditional you're mental we give our all and y'all wanna fall back to be kinky with some broads but we supposed to relax tell me to relax but it's too late homie i go through the heat to make sure that you straight homie you pull me off my tracks don't tell me to relax when you gon' love me back, back, black, back, back, back. When you gon' love me black, 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 back, back. You want us, then you dub us after we multiply. Now we divide it while you go take piece of the pie. I'm especially talking about you, successful brothers. Been black your whole life, and now you don't see color. BS, got all that money by your mirror And get a made to index it so you can see clearer I'm black and that's what I am, what you making me do But somehow I still don't want nobody but you And even though you out there chasing Other things, we still be patient Just build the underground railroads for you to hit the train station Then get noticed in the showtime and to tell Sojourner's truth Y'all give us the boot once we put you in the booth 
You forgot that we was in it together. It's raining money. Now I gotta figure out whether sun is gonna set off once they hail him as a star. Got me wondering where you are. It's been too long, it's true. Can't find your latitude. No thanks, no gratitude. Whole world telling me to straighten up my attitude. Tell me to relax, but it's too late, homie. I go through the heat to make sure that you straight, homie. You pull me off my tracks, don't tell me to relax. When you gon' love me back, back, black, back, back, back. When you gon' love me black, 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 back, back. Why you stretting? Is you stretting? You gon' stress me out that way. Where you go? I don't know. I'm just gonna pick my fro. Why you stretting? Is you stretting? You gon' stress me out that way. Where you go? I don't know. I'm just gonna pick my fro. Why you stretting? Is you stretting? You gon' stress me out that way. Where you go? I don't know, I'm just gonna pick my fro. Why you straight? Is you straight? You gon' stress me out that way. Where you go? I don't know, I'm just gonna pick my fro. Tell me to relax, but it's too late, homie. I go through the heat to make sure that you straight, homie. You pull me off my tracks, don't tell me to relax. When you gon' love me back, back, black, back, back. When you gon' love me black, 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 back, back Like I never learned, I'm still messing with the perm I knew it was gonna burn, I'm just trying to get a permanent condition Want you to share my heritage, I'm talking a lot I guess ain't trying to sentence you to death, but if you think I'm starting drama, put your comments on pause like commas. I ain't got my period. I feel this. Period. We'll move right on into the sports chop. And speaking of the MVP, we got the reigning Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller, DeSoto High School graduate, 2007. What's up, my class? That was pretty intense, crazy, inspiring, unbelievable. Yeah. I don't even know Vine, but Any you know, talking you to y'all of. about it, you know, just knowing, going to school, you and uh, Ab, you know, James, all of y'all, just knowing mm-hmm. that y'all knew somebody who was really out here getting after it. Um, you know, y'all all had opportunities and chances after college to go and run with it. I mean, after high school to go and run with it, and for y'all to, you know, be inspired, you know, by your peers and to see your mm-hmm. friend taking off and doing something. It was nice for me to watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like yeah. I knew. Him too. I was like, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows Vine Miller. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah 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 like, was, i was watching it just watching him play it's like man i've been knowing him so long um just seeing like his sentiment his eyes like he just looked like he just he turned it up he turned it up a whole another notch and it was just i was proud to see that yeah and see that he can do that i was like man this dude really we you know i was i watched it at like an in desoto probably about 40 people a lot of us graduated in 2007, so it was a it was a pretty big deal. And you know, during the game, like in the fourth quarter, we was like, "Hey, Vaughn about to get MVP." We was like, "Hell yeah, he about to get MVP." We, yeah. You know, it's just kind of chatter as the game was going on. Then I think I don't know if it was the last sack or what. But we just we just knew it. We just knew it, and it was just unbelievable to to witness that. And, and that's what you were saying. You know, it was so surprising too and this is I'm gonna put my my Broncos unfandom aside Chiefs all day long we almost <laughs> made it to the big show but you had mentioned how 
you know, kind of offbeat it seemed like for so many people to jump behind um, Cam and the Panthers, not that they weren't a tremendous team, but because the defense, you know, with the Broncos won no game. I knew that, you know, having watched mm-hmm. my team finally triumph after season, after season, after season of losing to them, that their defensive line and their secondary wasn't anything to really play with. So it seems like you kind of had a feeling all along that business was going to be business. Yeah, I was talking to people. I was like, I was trying to figure out why they were saying, you know, Carolina was just about the dog room. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel, you know, their their main receiver got hurt ACL real early, so they re- their targets that they had wasn't wasn't really up to par with the secondary they was about to face. So, mm-hmm. and with the D line, I'm like, shoot, I feel like they about to have a field day because Camp can only run so much. Uh, Greg Olson, their their number one tight end, you know, he can only do so much, and they matched up really well with him. So I was just. I was looking at like, man, I think they about to go in here and just stifle them. It's going to be a low-scoring game because Carolina defense is beastie too. Yeah. It was just uh, you got Peyton Manning. You had a little bit. You got some better route runners. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, SMU product, matter of fact. Right. Played my boy T. Wilt. Southern Methodist University down in Dallas, Texas. Got you. My bad, Southern Methodist right. down in the D. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got a few products coming out of it. Eric Dickerson, all, one of the all-time great running backs from there. Mm-hmm. Like Cole Beasley for the Cowboys, but um, just incredible and to to see that to to witness that that game and it's kind of it kind of played out. Minus Bond getting MVP, like that was I was like, wow, defensive players don't win the MVP very often. The Definitely. guy from Seattle won it a couple of years because he he caught two interceptions. Like I believe that was against the Broncos uh, when they when they got blown out. Vaughn didn't play in that game, and he got the chance to play this game, and, and he showed out, and he definitely earned that. So, shout out to him. Again, shout out, shout to, out to Von Miller. Yes. Um, from my perspective, I'm going to do individual accolades. I don't want to recognize the unit. But you, my dear brother, you play for a team that has been the pain in my side. And like I said with Kobe, I said with the oh, Broncos, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan. But yeah. Yeah, I rec- game recognized game, you know, and especially since, you know, we called y'all number and your jig was up against us, I'll take that and salute you, you know what I'm saying, for handling business and to, to get one of the largest accolades on a worldwide stage. Um, you know, we always going to hold it down for another black man. So shout out to you, Brian Miller, yeah. 2016 Super Bowl MVP. Yo, that's major. Absolutely. Major. major key. Well, I had to say it. I had to yeah. say it. It came out. It was just a habit. Sorry. Hey, I don't know. Speaking, I was just also major. See, we, we was going to talk about LeBron just for a little bit. Yeah. Not really What's, what he's doing on the court. It's so much. Um, it kind of started piquing my interest when I heard about the Manziel, how it was just kind of thrown in the news, like LeBron's marketing agency drops Johnny Manziel. I'm right. Like, I'm like, why is that normal? Like... <laughs> LeBron's marketing agency, so so you know, just kind of digging a little bit. Um, I feel like I've known this, but just on the scale that he's he's been maneuvered behind the scenes, like he has his his marketing agency, which is LRMR, which started with a couple of his homeboys, and then he got it. Uh, LRMR is where he was setting up marketing deals with Johnny for Johnny Manziel. Couldn't find out any other athletes that they have under that company, but under Clutch Sports Group. Which LeBron is a is a client of mm-hmm. his, his partner Rich Rich Paul, who we put on when they, he met him like selling jerseys at his car, selling throwback jerseys. Wow. Yeah. So he he's like the CEO of this company. LeBron's one of the one of the clients, but LeBron's earning the commission off of any athlete or coach, anyone that's needing their services. Uh, 
they're bringing in. That's wild. So you got like uh, a couple of people. You guys like Eric Bledsoe and Tristan Thompson. You know they signed huge contracts. So I'm like LeBron's making money off of his teammates and other players in the league and potentially coaches. Like they reached out to Tyronn Lue to get him under the Clutch Sports uh, Sports Group, mm-hmm. but he you know he wasn't budging. So I'm like, that's just some interesting things. Like he, he's and just to, just to distinguish for people who ain't all the way up on the game, Tristan oh, yeah, Thompson yeah. is his teammate on the Cavaliers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Bledsoe is where in Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, playing for the Suns. Norris Cole. He's where's Norris Cole? Is he still in the Heat? Is he he's still Miami? New Orleans right now. Yes, he's with New Orleans. So Norris Cole got moved to New Orleans, and then you said yeah. uh, Tyron Lue is the new head coach. Of yeah, they were trying to get him the Cavaliers to be un- under Clutch Sports Group. Yeah, so LeBron making money and it's from people who he's, you know, intimately connected with successes and failures depending on potentially a conflict of interest, but maybe not depending on your interpretation of business. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how he, how he plays that, but it seems to be very calculated because he's got that going on. He's got an entertainment company. He's partnered with, like, Warner Brothers on some, like, low-key stuff. He got, like... Supposedly has a game show in the works. He's so this is sports. This is entertainment. Yeah, this he's, he's is part media. Owner of probably a soccer team. Mercy. Yeah, they. Yeah, he's trying to get, do some network stuff. So uh, what's uh, what's your? How are you airing on this? Is this good or bad? Is it good or bad that LeBron got his hand in all this business? I don't know because originally this was just going to be about this the Clutch Sports Group, and then as I was digging, I'm like, man, it's, you kind of hear these things here and there, but then when you start looking at it as a as a big picture, it's like. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. how is it sustainable, or a sustainable model for business that you be a player? But it's like before people get a press conference, you like, hey, hey, nigga, uh, don't go in there and talk about this, this, and that. You know, we don't play that right. <laughs> like, what is yeah, happening? I think LeBron probably do be doing some, like he's very calculated and he's a, a very, from what I'm seeing, a very savvy businessman. He's put he put his boys on, got them position in these places where he he still is the the mouthpiece he yeah. still is the head you know what i'm saying even though his boys got the name the titles in his position for sure for sure you know they ain't moving out him. i i don't know you know i'm never gonna be the one like i said um with vaughn like i said um <clears throat> just in terms and i always say in terms of black people you know, expanding your expenditures, broadening your horizons, and figuring out how to deepen your pockets is never going to be a bad move. I'm never going to head on that completely. I only worry about, and I'm skeptical about, how that makes everybody else run and do their job and shine as black people and black men, particularly in these sports fields where, you know, you want to have control of your own destiny, but it's being controlled by somebody who has something to lose or gain by you triumphing or failing. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. And, and even though LeBron is like probably far removed from the day to day aspects of one of their careers, like he's not like what Eric Bledsoe say negative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he's right, not right, right, he's right, not making right. those types of decisions. Mm-hmm. But you know, one toe in the, the fire is still a toe in the fire. There. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you, and that's still LeBron. LeBron James. LeBron uh, James. <laughs> that's still LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? So being mindful about what that might mean for somebody's bottom line is still a, a small concern. I have it. It's not big, but it's one. I'm definitely. I don't. I'm, I can't say it's a bad thing. Though. I'm like he's really because what I, I like when athletes take control in the sports because I just feel like the owners they make all the money and for sure <clears throat> they're there for longer periods of time. So if when you're playing the sport and you can take control, take control. So I like to see he just went on another level with that stuff. I'm like man, right? 
you doing it with on the marketing end, just the straight up representing that sports agency as a sports agency, the entertainment, just a bunch of other stuff, TV, media, movies. Yeah, there's rumors of another Space Jam. He did the little what was it train wreck movie, and apparently got yeah. good reviews. And I haven't seen it, but apparently he did a good job in it. I haven't seen it either. I wasn't really, you know, LeBron is in the category with Kobe. I pay attention to him um, only when he usually is out to hurt me. So, um, you know, I kind of missed a lot of the stuff that he was in, but, like, missed it only in terms of not sitting down and partaking in it, but definitely knowing that he out here on the move. Like, it's not like I've been completely ignorant of it. So, um, it's no secret, you know, that LBJ is definitely out here trying to. And it's probably more, you know, good than not. You know, you're looking for – and it's not – Tamir Rice. It's not him responding to social injustice in that way, but I think maybe in LeBron's own way, you know, he's like black man in control, positive thing, take back power in some capacity. Here's one way I can do it. Make my own in the league, plug yeah. my brothers on it, take some of these white people money too, and we good, you know, and, and that yeah, particular... He's giving out scholarships, doing all type of different things for his community. Facts. And so... You know, your sheet can't be denied or ignored. You know, it's kind of like we just got to wait until history plays itself out. And then when he get that, you know, banners raised and he get the big triumphant farewell and he gets all those things that come with a player of his his magnitude. I think he just passed Paul Pierce today for a 15th all-time score, which Mm. is wild. I got that notification while I was chilling earlier. So, you know, once we do all that pomp and circumstance for him. I'm pretty sure his long list of, you know, doing right by folk, black people in particularly, his people in particular, you know, it'll be mm-hmm. a mile long. It'll be a mile long. I ain't worried yeah. about it. I mean, that's what we need. We need, hey, take care of the people that's surrounding you. And hopefully that reach will hit everybody. Yeah. It's a, it, it's a cycle mm-hmm. that, that doesn't have to perpetuate the vicious one that I think a lot of black athletes and black people are caught in now, which is not being able to represent themselves and create for themselves and do so in a meaningful way um, and shoulder to shoulder with big business and big companies and whatever, you know? Yeah, that's a good model to follow. Yeah. Like, even if it's just on a moderate level, it's just he's obviously just making mega money, but it's just, I'm just seeing how he's just connected people and how he's... <clears throat> I know your 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 money is able you're able to reach people like Warren Buffett. Like he uses him as a mentor, so mm. not like that, but it's a good model as far as just working with your people, building something and giving them something that they can work on their own and, and build their own identity. So I I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. For sure. So. Well, shout out to LeBron. Uh good luck, Johnny Manziel. Looks like you're on the way out of the league. So, you know, maybe you should have had different <laughs> management in this particular instance, but um, you know, hey, that was on. They dropped him. They dropped him. Oh, it's a done yeah. deal. Yeah, they. Yeah, he's losing. He's losing everything. Yeah, Man, he just likes to to drink and party, do drugs and beat and up on people. Do drugs and yeah, hit hit on his girl, Mike. But he's not in jail. Yeah. <sighs> another show, Cam yeah. G. Another show. <laughs> another hey. show, Cam G. Yeah, I ain't. Yeah, whatever. Uh, listen, this has been the chop up. We're talking about real business. The next show coming up, we'll continue to take a look at what's happening, not only in the areas of elections, of politics and what's going on around us, the social chop talking about what's uh, hot and what's buzzing right now. We got the reality chop that's going to get into some real talk on the next episode where we take a look at some deeper issues that affect us as individuals, young, black, and free, out here in America trying to live, but also interpersonally. Uh, on all those levels. And then we got the sports chop. We trying to keep our eyes and ears open to aspects of, you know, major sports that reflect 
and affect our community. So we out here doing it on the chop up. You feel me? Yay. Well. Yay. <laughs> it, yeah, that that didn't come out right. We might mix it I up and switch it yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. It's uh, all good. It's until all next good. time, Kim G, hold it down. Yeah. This your girl Toya G. Hey, you already know. Keep supporting the chop hey, up. We keep love listening y'all. up. Keep checking with us. You know, keep posting stuff that hopefully y'all like. If you like the music, if you like the content, make sure you're reaching out to us. Talk to us. Give us feedback. Comment on uh, the SoundCloud on our Facebooks or send an email. The chop up email at gmail.com. The chop up email g- at gmail.com. Send your music, send your feedback, and we got you. Peace. This is the chop up. This is the chop up. This is the chop up, and no one can do it live. My name is Cam G, the coolest. Allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toy G, and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the West Coast, but still gonna keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically, cause on the mic, on the